1: Get my
0: <laughs> Miss Mitzi Purdue wearing my hoodie, one of my designs. Oh my goodness gracious! It looks fantastic. It looks beautiful.
1: It does. I, I, yeah. In fact, I know how to make my host happy. We talk merch the whole time.
0: <laughs> the entire time. This is all we. The do. entire time. Just buy it yeah. now. This is a threat <laughs> to everyone listening. This is a physical threat. I am for future lit- litigious purposes, that was not a threat. That was a joke, but uh:
1: <laughs> Well, you were joking, I didn't say I was. Well, maybe, no, I, yeah. no, I, I'm capable of just undreamed of violence just, And are, horror.
0: Just Genghis Khan level siege, the lament of your women, the gnashing of teeth, by the pot yeah. by the merch, or I will attack your town with fire.
1: Oh, you you got it. yeah yeah, yeah, that that's the real me. yeah but anyway, they should buy it because you know something that I don't think, well, you've sometimes mentioned it. but in addition to the just extraordinary like precision of it, I mean, I don't know how well the how well the camera picks it up, but but it's it's just such high def. but but here's the part that that I didn't expect until I felt it myself. And I know you're suffering if I keep banging on about this, but deal with it. What, one of the things that I didn't expect is that it's just got the best feel to it. I, know. I mean, it's really high-quality stuff. I know. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, we can both do that. I know.
0: It's, that's, that's, it's, I, w- I wouldn't be able to wear th- – I got one – because I wanted to test it out originally. And once I realized how comfortable it was, is why I was like, oh, this is actually going to work. So that's why I wear them during every podcast. Obviously, I'm I'm shilling my own designs. But it's also, I mean, dude, it's the most comfortable. It's the most comfortable shit. It's the coziest yeah, stuff. I have not
1: had a garment that just feels so good. So it's good stuff. It's I perfect. mean, I'm glad I have it. Thank
0: you, Mitzi. And again, Woo-hoo. this is a threat. We all attack your town with horses and catapults. And we will poison your water well and kill your crops. Correct. 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 You got it. Absolutely. So, Mitzi, I, I wanted you to surprise me with a topic. So what is your surprise? All or right. anything, my
1: surprise but- is zap. Zap. You are all, at this moment, you and everybody who's watching, you have just become my board of directors. Okay. All right. Now, what what do I need a board of directors for? Well, I'm placing in front of the board of directors an idea. And you can speak for the other board of directors, but if anybody wants to put something in the comments, I'd love it. I have an idea. And I have a feeling that it's going to be one that's really congenial to you.
0: Okay.
1: Involves gaming. Okay. And it also involves human trafficking. Okay. How do you put those two together? I have, I don't know how this happened, but it just did, maybe just natural affinity, but I have quite a few friends who are in the gaming industry. I've got people who, like, they're developers, they're coders, they're, they're people just in the whole ecosystem. Like, one of my friends was for years head of a medical magazine called Gaming for Health. Can you believe it? Really? Gaming for health, yeah. the The premise of it is, if you can get kids to do all these wonderful games of exercising uh, while they're watching, and you know, I don't know, I haven't done it myself, but I have seen pictures of it that you win points for being active, and uh, so gaming for health is a wonderful way of motivating people. And I will tell you something. I need to know if you knew this or not. I don't think it's well. I don't think it's well enough known. I want to get my microphone a little bit more invisible. Mm. Yay! Okay, now it looks as if I'm just talking. Uh, all right, I think this is a not well-known fact, but maybe it is. The following: Did you know that we know enough about how the brain's reward system works that gamers, when they choose to, can make their
0: games as addictive as heroin? I, I would. I would imagine that's true. Yeah.
1: I mean, they know the reward centers. They know
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, the, the... I mean, it's it, there's a huge amount of science behind it, which is if you're rewarded every time, boring. If you don't get rewarded enough, eh, I'm discouraged, I'm out of here. If the rewards are always the same, or sometimes, I mean, you want them big, small. And there, there's so much brain science behind this. Mm-hmm. So now, as a member of my board of directors we want to get into creating an anti-trafficking game but the purpose of it is to have the person male or female probably 90% or at least 80% male we want them to feel like a hero so you 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 go through this experience and you get to feel you know, you're rescuing people you're what do you think
0: how would the game work? What would the game be? I think it's brilliant. And you, you know how I listen to audiobooks. I do it while playing video games. And I believe that's why I can ingest so much information is because I don't view it as I have to sit down and read. I'm like, oh, I'm going to fly around in World War II and blow up Nazis all the while learning about, you know, whatever the early 1800s financial system of the United States. So no, I think it's brilliant. I think linking anything with gaming is brilliant.
1: All right, here here are a couple of of little factoids. According to what I've been read, there's an organization called Statista, and it has all amazing number of statistics, says that one-third of the population of Earth has computers, and most of them are into gaming. Is that that? So, you know, the, the potential audience is unthinkably big, but on top of that trafficking is a 150 billion dollar business and you know if if, if you want scary experiences uh, i don't think would put this in but i heard about it recently you know what they occasionally do if say you're a girl who's been trafficked and you're going to snitch to the police one of the things that that I know about. And I heard about it just recently. I was talking with a woman. She's a social worker and a psychiatrist. And one of her clients is a 12-year-old kid whose mother was going to snitch. So they porcupined her. I bet you don't know what porcupining somebody is. I do not. Porcupining, in the case of this woman, they killed her by using a hundred syringes just poking all over her body until she died and then they left her in the street for other people to see what happens to snitches i don't think we put that in the game but there's there's a number of other i mean games
0: no i think you have to put that in the game
1: well there there are plenty of others um
0: you have to make it brutal
1: all right we we can deliver brutal like here's here's Uh, I just gave you a real-life one. I'll give you another real-life one. And I don't know how you fit it into the game. But, yes, since the person wants to feel like a hero, there's a man, NYPD, his name is Detective Sharp. He told me the following circumstance. There was a woman who was in the hospital. I think it was Roosevelt Hospital. And they called him in because her trafficker had whacked the neck off a corona beer bottle on a curb and then gashed her face from eye to chin 36 stitches when he sees her, you know, she's just all bandaged up. And they knew that, you know, the hospital knew that this woman was a victim of trafficking. And they also knew that she was, I think they knew that she was, you know, that that it was bigger. It wasn't just one trafficker. It was a whole ring, possibly a cartel and he was as motivated as a human being could be to get her to talk now this man i know him reasonably well at least i've known him for a while and yeah you know, he's awfully good at at all the little techniques that they have to get people to talk you know being sympathetic being really listening you know there's you know a hundred things that they've got in their tool bag to get people's confidence he kept thinking i'm going to get her to talk and Actually, I, I maybe I'm mind reading on this, but I get the impression that he's thinking, you know, if I can take down this ring, this is a really, really, really good thing. So he was as motivated as a human being could be, both on a personal level and a professional level, to get the woman to talk and to tell who did this to her. Couldn't do it. When she left the hospital, the guy was out there waiting for her, and she went right back to him she was so scared by what he could do to her or her kids that there there was no tool that detective sharp could use that would get past her terror and okay i'm i'm not going to write the game it will be people who who know how to do this and know what i don't know which is how you keep people utterly totally engaged but you want some brutality yeah there's it's there
0: um. No, I mean it, it's. It's it's the most insidious, I think, form of crime. It's. How would you do it in a way? That you would need to make it a reward system. There would have to be, like you said, it'd be a good thing to break up the ring. It would be a good thing professionally, right?
1: Yeah, like, I mean, you get maybe you're Detective Sharp.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. How would it impact, now, what, what would it be? Would it be directly impacting human trafficking? Or would it be through like uh, indirect effects? Would it be like a way of raising money? It would be, because if, I'm just trying to think like.
1: Oh, these are good board of directors questions, thank yeah, you. Yeah,
0: so like if, because if you made it directly impacting, like somehow, I don't know, like, you know, find this person and there are real life implications, that might be very rewarding. But it might have blowback if someone playing the game now has their kids' faces slashed. They might be like, I'm not playing this game anymore. Versus... Yeah,
1: I, I, I'm thinking that this is all virtual reality. Well,
0: what I mean is, so how it, would, how it would... And that
1: it's not it's not trying to find the equivalent of Carlos.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I mean is, like, it would be something like the, the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge, right? Remember when that went all around oh, the world very well. several years ago? So that, I mean... A bucket of ice has nothing to do with ALS, but it, as a method, brought awareness to it and then raised funding. So it didn't actually have any, but it, indirectly, it brought worldwide attention to this disease. Okay, what, I'm, there would have what to be a hoping, mechanism of how the game affected. Would it be raising money for? Uh, well, I'll, I'll tell
1: you how how I see it. But I've got to tell you, this idea is approximately two and a half hours old. <laughs> But, but here's, here, here's what it occurs to me so far. As a game, it would be awareness raising. And yeah, that's extremely important. Maybe you win points for res- res- recognizing somebody who is being trafficked. And there's a group called Polaris that can give you like 36 things to look for. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so maybe you win points for recognizing. Uh, I'd love you to win points for I mean, let's let's make the let's make Detective Sharp's experience. I mean, maybe he fails, but maybe he gets her. And then he goes on to bigger danger things where where he knows he might be porcupined if, if he goes too much farther and makes a wrong step. Oh. Uh, but, but back to uh, an, another part of it is you know, it's awareness raising. But I want people to realize and this i don't know where you're going to stand on this because i'm going to say something quite controversial pornography you know it seems like a victimless crime and yet it destroys lives utterly i mean people commit suicide and are you aware that with pornography that it's it's the pornography hubs are a little bit like youtube in that users can post their porn And if you're doing revenge porn, you can take, you know, this woman who once loved you, you've taken pictures of her having sex with you and doing weird, strange things. And then you put it on the Internet, you upload it without her consent. And I'll I'll give you an example that I heard of recently. And I'm going to disguise the the story just a little bit. I mean, I'll change the nationality. Let's say she's from Argentina. She came from... but It's a real story. The facts are real. The details, I think you wouldn't discover the girl from this. She came from a religious family, a conservative religious family. And all her dreams were coming true because she made it to... A a prestigious U.S. college. Let's call it Columbia, although it's not. Okay, at Columbia, you know, this is her dreams have come true. She's going to have a career. She's going to be all she can be. And then oh, she falls in love. But she and boyfriend, soon to be ex-boyfriend, have a falling out. Well, for revenge porn, he not only puts uh, pictures of her naked having sex, he also finds out who her father is in argentina and posts her family's pictures as well and this girl you know she was so close to suicidal she yes you know, she left the united states she went back to to argentina uh, and yes you know, she just says i do everything i can to take this down but every time i take it down five more pop up and she said the truly evil thing is she'll never have any rest because she never knows who's going to see this, maybe an employer or what. But she says almost the worst part of it is, even when she dies, the sex tape is going to be immortal. Yeah, you know, it, it will reach out beyond the grave, and you know maybe that's one of the subplots or something that somehow she gets rescued. So maybe there's a coder who figures out how really to bring. I don't know, but. There, there are enough stories and enough horror and there are enough good that people could do. Like, okay, here's something else that I know that could be an ingredient of it. I've met several retired special ops people. You know, they've done their 20 years or whatever. And by the way, they don't just have to be military. I, I may have learned this from you, but IRS has some pretty special people who know how to do amazing things. Yeah. DOJ, uh, know maybe maybe some of their stories could be incorporated into it but at the end I think I think somebody's mind is going to be changed forever from oh pornography is kind of cool to no they're almost I don't dare guess how many but I'll do it anyway well let's just say a huge proportion of porn is from people who you know, if you ask them, they'll say, Oh, yeah, I'm doing it because I love it. No, there's somebody just outside of the interviewer's site who's pointing a gun at her, or maybe pointing a gun at her baby's head or something. It's, it is not a victimless crime. And, and I've talked with people in the field of pornography who are combating it, who say that, that some of the really horrible porn that people who've been through that, they have a harder time putting their lives together than somebody who's just been trafficked. And the reason why is because, A, they're, they are trafficked, but then on top of that, their their shame, their degradation is there for the world to see and they can never fully get rid of it.
0: I think how you would approach it is, I think you'd have to define what is the the end purpose of it all, of the like, very first like set a destination, the destination would be to fight human trafficking, correct?
1: How about global hero?
0: Global hero. Well, that will. Well, now, well, but now, but see, people, might, you might, you might want to be a global, but you might be able to get there without fighting human trafficking. So you'd have to set the goal to let's say tr- fighting human trafficking. How would you affect? Let's take one step down, how would you affect that in real life? It's would it be raising money?
1: Uh, totally.
0: So from raising money, how how would you raise the money? Now, if you did gaming, you could do so like it's like I'm playing a game right now on Xbox. It's called uh, World of Warships. It's just like these you're like these 1940s battleships. It's just nice, mindless fun. Again, sorry, listen to audiobooks. But it's a free game. So how do they make their money? What are they doing? It's, well, you know, you have to get so many points to upgrade to the next ship. So you start out as a little one, and you want to get to the biggest battleship. And it takes a lot of time to go in between each one. Now, the game is free. If you want to accelerate the time in between ships you can like buy tokens on there and that might be like 10 bucks and you buy it and that might last a couple days so in that way they can make money if you're playing the game over a month they might maybe make 50 bucks and you get to play the game faster and whatever so it's i think it's a fair exchange no no one's making you do it that's how they raise money now whatever they do with the money i have no they pocket it maybe they're investing in green energy i don't know But in this case, you'd know where it goes. Well, that's what what I mean. And and then there's another feature to this.
1: And again, as I said, this idea is probably now two hours and 40 minutes old. But I've learned that Mark Zuckerberg, uh, that he would really like to get into gaming because according to my source... He feels that the timing is right. For the first time, the software and the hardware are seamless enough and robust enough that it really makes sense for Mark Zuckerberg to go into it. Wouldn't it be nice if he would premiere it with something that would benefit humanity? And a person who is head of a global effort, gaming for good, is the person I was talking to two hours and 41 minutes ago. So... How you, so he might sponsor it, and then he can say where the money goes. But if it's uh, associated with win this fight, which it would be, the donor gets to say which anti-trafficking organization it goes to. So if Mark Zuckerberg particularly likes, I don't know what it'd like, uh, rescue, rehabilitation,
0: both. Sure. So I think what you would do is, yeah, you'd have to find a big enough... And the the real interesting thing about it is... If you did it through yeah, like gaming for good, raising money, you might be able to sidestep making a game entirely. So why limit it to just a human trafficking game to fight human trafficking? What if you did it with like Microsoft and the Xbox store in general? So for instance, I'm, I'm playing this game, World of Warships. Well, yeah. what if someone else is playing a fighter pilot game? Or what if someone else is playing a like a magical kingdom and wizards and witches game? all these games often have the same mechanism where you can buy things with real world currency so instead of limiting yourself to one game because with any game no matter how great the game is you eventually get tired of it and you go to a new game that would be the limiting factor if you just what if you didn't make a game at all what if you tapped into existing games and said hey you can put a little banner that says you know world of warships proudly sponsors You know fighting human trafficking 10% of all you know it's called DLC downloadable content that's the stuff you pay for 10% of all proceeds go to win this fight so in that way you could be playing an NFL game which has nothing to do with human trafficking but when you buy like my podcast could have something to do with it if you bought merch while listening to a podcast with a guy who is talking about 1800s cameras a portion of that could go to win this fight, even though it has nothing to do with human trafficking. So you can broadly enhance your your target area. Does that make sense?
1: Not only does it make sense, but I've recently met a group of people who, it, it's there's a whole ecosystem of athletes who lend their names for charities. And I, I know several of the people who are right in the thick of it. I know some of the athletes. I know some of the uh kind of the brains behind putting putting them together it's sort of like agents but yeah, you know, athletes want to do some good in the world and they don't mind some great publicity and in general they're absolutely on board with fighting trafficking now maybe i could ask some of them to to work with some of the gamers
0: well absolutely that's what i mean is like you could I think if you made a human trafficking game, you'd be limited to how long do people want to play it? Is it even playable? Is it Sometimes people put a lot of money into games and it just flops sometimes. And then sometimes games that cost next to nothing take off. It's So I think what you'd want to do is you would hedge your bet by what if you somehow you got in touch with Microsoft or something or PlayStation or Sony does PlayStation, Microsoft does Xbox, or you could do PC gaming where it's such a wide net where it might be Mario Kart, or it might be, you know, Tetris or whatever. It might be anything that has that mode of where you can buy more. Like, if you did it with, like, yeah, if you would just do it with such a wide net that someone playing a game about, like, there are games called, like, Train Simulator, where you just drive trains. They're not sexy at all, but it's for people that just love training. They're super realistic. You got to be worried about fuel. and th- th- There's farming simulators. There's 18-wheelers. It's crazy. The point is, all of these things have one thing in common, and it's DLC. Hey, do you want to get the next truck, truck, uh, truck upgrade? You can either play for 10 hours, or you can buy $5 worth of truck tokens, and you can get it in an hour. It's the same mode of people are putting in their credit card and spending money. What if you somehow got all the entire Xbox store like Microsoft, who could then use that as PR? We're fighting human trafficking. You can make a whole gaming for good now every time you buy dlc on any game on xbox you're helping fight human trafficking you'd have a bunch of guys like me that play video games that would be like oh look now it's going to something good now i don't feel so guilty for spending money on video games so, yeah sure screw it i'll buy it i'll buy 100 bucks i know 10 bucks goes to human trafficking and you get to pat yourself on the back people will do that because people already do mindless shit like changing their facebook profile pictures when it doesn't have any effect on what they're saying that you know, we stand with france or whatever the hell they're doing What if you could actually say, like, yeah, we're playing this video game. We play every night. Hey, do you know, like, 10% is going to human trafficking? Oh, cool. Well, then you're actually doing something. It's more than just, I changed my profile picture. I'm fighting him. No, you're not. You're not doing anything. That's just, that's virtue signaling. You're patting yourself on the back.
1: I can't bear virtue signaling, by the way.
0: The point is, is what if you could actually put money where to where the person doesn't have to spend anymore? Or maybe they could. I don't know. Maybe they would increase the price of the DLC. I have no idea. But the point is... I think there's a very realistic way you could do this and you could have a and that corporation gets a lot out of it. Look at all that PR. Hey, in, in May twenty twenty one we we rose we raised one point five million dollars to fight human trafficking. Now they get to pat themselves on the back, but that is deserved virtue signaling. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, the the virtue signaling
1: that I can't bear is kind of the sanctimonious I'm better than you. Yeah. Well, on the other hand, virtue signaling where, hey, I'm really contributing. I'm all for that. What I hate about virtue signaling is when it's undeserved, when it's just cheap words.
0: If if someone raises a million dollars for human trafficking, I think they can say— How about it's
1: not virtue signaling anymore? It's just plain virtue.
0: Well, that's what I mean is, well, if they want to signal that, hey, I'm better than you, and they raise a million dollars for trafficking, I would say that to an an extent they might actually be better than me. Like To me, that's realistic virtue signaling. Hey, I yeah. donated a million dollars to fight human trafficking. I'm better than you. I'd be like, that's a solid argument. You way, might be I, better I, than me. This is a little bit
1: of change of subject, but on the theory that, that Tommy Carrigan can handle it. Let's talk for a moment about virtue signaling because it just irritates the heck out of me. Mm-hmm. Somebody grabbing undeserved applause. I mean, it's sort of like like your guest on Stolen Valor. Mm-hmm. Oh. I I find virtue signaling almost uniform, uniformly icky,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or it it will never virtue signaling will never increase my esteem for somebody,
0: mm-hmm.
1: because how about another word for it is being sanctimonious?
0: Yeah, it's yeah, it's an it's an entitlement. It's an entitlement to to uh to I guess like moral standing. Someone that wants to be Mother Teresa Without actually doing what she does
1: Yeah, or, or wearing all those medals For or, or stolen valor, correct Yeah, in both cases to my mind It's stolen
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what virtue signaling is, is You could say it's a form of stolen valor Look at me, I did this Or people that will openly tell you How offended they are by someone They'll be like, I was offended by that racist So that means I'm. it's like Oh, so what'd you do about it? Uh, well I'm offended (laughs) hey well recently uh, you know recently the Palestinians bombed Israel and guys Tommy's podcast is officially offended by it now I'm not going to do a thing about it I'm not going to donate a penny of humanitarian aid but I will let you know with certainty that we here at Tommy's podcast in conjunction with Mitzi Perdue we are both offended by the wanton slaughter of civilians in the Middle East we're offended. Deeply,
1: deeply we offended. offended.
0: And make sure you understand that. And I'm more offended than you, listener. All right? So I'm better than you. Why aren't you offended? That's what I mean. Versus, hey, there's if you buy DLC on this video game, 1% goes to humanitarian aid in Gaza. Oh, okay, cool. There's a thing. Whatever. I was going to buy the DLC anyway. No, I think I, you could absolutely do it.
1: I love that. You as, as a gamer, I mean, I like the whole gaming world, and I have forever, and I have a number of friends in it, uh, pretty close friends that I, uh, that I talk with frequently. So I, I love the whole thing. Uh, do you have a feeling for how many people your age are into gaming? Uh. I mean, most of the people you know are a few of them. Or by the time you're married and have little kids, you don't have time.
0: It, it's, it's weird. It's weird. I think I would say the vast, but I also don't know if that's just the friend group I grew up with. But I would say the vast majority of friends I have, some are all about yeah, football games. Some are more about shooters. Some are more about tactical games. But I, I know a lot of friends. Like for me, per, like personally, I play as a way to take down large amounts of audio information so i can talk to guests about it but i have friends that from games not from audible.com no no from audible i, I mute i play video oh. games and I, I mute the tv and i put on yeah. a, an audiobook that's how i learn it's
1: by the way explain to me how that works you're looking at a game and you're you're shooting so battleships what, so what but you- you're also listening to a world war Two. II- no, no, so, okay.
0: what, so what you do is you find a game that, so like right now I can't do it with the Battleship game because I'm still new to the Battleship game. I've only been playing it for like a week. What you do is you find a game that you've played like a hundred times that you know inside out and backwards. It's like, you know when you're driving and you get close to the destination and you're like, okay, where are we going? And you got to, you know, what do you do? You, you you mute the radio. Hold on, wait, where are we going? And it's the, yeah. the joke is like, oh, I got to turn down the radio so I can see better. But right, it's because you can't, coordinate with all of it versus what about when you're making a commute that you make every single day you can play the thing from the beginning to the end because you know exactly where you're going you're on autopilot so with a new video game like the battleship one i can't do it because i'm still learning it but with other games that i've played a hundred times thousand times that i know every little thing about i can mute them and play just the same and so when I do that, it's entertaining. It's still something fun to do. You're flying around. But does
1: that mean that you, you've got two brains and one is well, entertained this way and one is entertained this way?
0: Well, no. What it is is now it's, it's almost like it's something to fidget with, right? Like a fidget spinner or like a coin. Yeah. yeah. It's playing a game that I like playing, but now I'm listening to an audio book. To where the audio, to me, it doesn't really matter with the game. I've played it so many times. It's completely, it doesn't matter. I like to listen to an audiobook because that's how I killed two birds with one. St- if I just turn on an audio, if I try to read, I, I can't, I, it, it'll take me an hour to get three pages. It's terrible. If I just sit down and listen to an audiobook, I can, I'll turn on an audiobook in the morning, go to the gym, come back, shower, eat breakfast. And then, you know, that'll maybe be an hour and a half, two hours. And I can listen at a certain Speed I can probably listen at like one and a half times normal speed But even that I can only do it for a couple hours before it starts I'm, like I got other I got other stuff to do. I kind of got to mute it and I go about my day Versus when I sit down and play video games It's entertaining enough That I can do it for maybe three hours or four hours and because I'm sitting in a chair and I'm not focusing on like I can't turn up a book faster than 1.5 speed when I'm doing other stuff when I'm in the shower, if it goes faster than that. I can't hear it. If I'm doing dishes, I forget what I'm doing or I can't. When I sit down and I'm doing something I've done a million times, I know this level. I know exactly where all the bad guys are. I can do it like with my eyes closed. It's One, it's entertaining, so I'll sit there for longer. And two, because I'm sitting down and everything else is taken care of, I can turn it up to maybe 2x speed. And so if I can do four hours of now the limiting reagent isn't like oh, i can't listen to this book anymore it's i want to keep playing this game i'll play the game and i'll be having fun all the while why waste four hours of listening to audio that i've already heard it's like watching the same movie again i know exactly what everyone's gonna say i know all the sound effects i'm getting nothing out of this why don't I kill two birds with one stone? If I know I'm going to sit down on a Saturday evening and play four hours of video games, why not mute it, turn an audiobook on 2x speed, take down eight hours of audiobook where now I can kill three birds with one stone? Why don't I get that author on my podcast? So now I have a podcast episode. So now I can play video games, listening to an interesting book and put out an interesting episode to me. And you might question, well, why even play video games? Why not just because I can't, Even if it's an interesting book, I can still only listen to so many hours of an audio Actually,
1: I so get that because I'm I'm almost literally incapable of sitting still listening to an audio book. I have to be doing something like going for a walk, maybe exercising, uh, washing dishes. Yes,
0: something that you know well and that you enjoy. Maybe it's just gardening. Maybe it's doing laundry. So why not find an activity that not only do you enjoy, but something that you are... Inclined to do for a long period, why not get something out of it, you know?
1: Yeah, because it's it's honestly true, at least in my case, and I gather in yours, that just sitting still, listening to an audio book, my fingers would get itchy. Yeah, I, I'd have to do something. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, it's it's, you know, it's like people that it's like people that drive hours and hours and hours a day like uber drivers will sometimes also do like those like advertisements on car you know where it's like some random you know the local whatever will say hey put this you know banner on your car come to bob's deli or whatever and it may not sound like much but if this person's driving 12 hours a day every single day that does add up to extra income so to me it's like it's like truckers that now it's kind of there's like a running joke now it's like truckers are now becoming the most educated people in america because they just listen to audiobooks all day every day they're already driving they're already making their money so why not learn something else to me I look at it as like I'm already doing something that I was going to do anyway I play a video game why not also it's I, I also I feel there's there's a certain part of me that I feel a little I do feel like a little lazy or, or guilty if I just play eight hours of video games I'll be like man like I could have I could have done something to better myself today so that tomorrow I can reap the rewards. Versus when I'm listening to an audio book, like right now I'm having on an author tomorrow, uh, and it's the history of socialism from Plato to present day. Oh, my uh, God. And when's
1: that going to air? Because I have to hear it. That'll
0: be tomorrow. Dr. Federer. He's coming on tomorrow. And I love his book. It's great.
1: You have some of the best guests imaginable
0: Thank
1: you, uh, deal with it you yeah. I am complimenting you and you, you can't even avoid it okay. <laughs> because well, how about how about it's true I mean I I see you have more than 5,000 subscribers now
0: yes sir. Yes, sir.
1: Ooh, well guess why you got I mean you're a wonderful Tommy but you also get good guests
0: okay so how do I get this many guests this many good guests and how do I get them so frequently because I'm able to listen to all of their books how do I do that? So when people say, you have great guests, but not only do you have great guests, you have great guests every day. I mean, that's just so awesome. Well, it's because I'm playing video games. It's because <laughs> I'm playing... If I didn't have that, I would probably have an author on once every two weeks, because how else am I going to get through their book that quickly?
1: Okay, but then I have another question for you. You mentioned that you you double the speed. Now, I can read twice as fast if I choose, but I don't retrain twice as much. Does does that so so the first
0: the first time through listening to a book i'll never go over like 1.2 speed because i have to get like the meat out of the book but that's also so that you don't because everything's brand new so you're still listening to every little thing again it's like driving to a new job like you're paying attention to every little Where where am i going is this the right turn they said turn left at the light oh there's the light Versus once you finally know where you're going, you're not worried about a McDonald's. You know exactly where you're going and everything else is just periphery. The first time you listen to a book, you kind of have to hear every word, including kind of junk words like the and almost. So once you listen through it and you kind of got it mapped out in your brain, you can go back through and listen again but now instead of investing 12 hours of your time, you can invest six hours because you don't necessarily need to hear every preposition and verb. Now you're going back through and you're kind of getting the names and the dates and the big themes. It's this guy. It's this How writer, much do you
1: remember and, dates? Do you have to write it down or do you have the kind of brain that just can absorb?
0: I listen passively and to me, the important the important ones just stay naturally. To me, to me, if I'm if I'm interested in it, it will stay naturally. If I'm not, I mean there are times where I've listened to a book in one ear out the other, and it's just what it is. Yeah. And if this was called right, the you
1: know, socialism book um,
0: Wildly interesting. twice. I'm on my second time right now. Yeah. Wildly interesting. More interesting than I thought it would be. When I first started, I was like, oh, this kind of looks like a dense history book, but I was like, I'm gonna read it because it looks interesting. It's wildly interesting. It's the entire Actually
1: to me it almost gets into the essence of what humanity's about.
0: Are it's we insane. are we individual? Or are we collective? That, exactly. It, it goes so deep. It turns into a spiritual philosophical argument and, and this and the sources cited are just impeccable. But now that I've listened to it once through, now I'm going back through and I'm trying to get the meat, the this philosopher, this president, this English historian, this explorer this navigator whoever this business tycoon now i'm going back through and i'm kind of hitting on them again right and i'm going back through and i'm getting like it's almost it's like you're developing new neural pathways it's like developing a new path in the woods the first time you're just kind of walking through you're breaking all the branches that was you're getting cuts on your sides and you're like okay well the next day you're going through again and maybe now you're moving, like, logs out of the way. And then maybe on, like, the 20th time through, you're bringing in a pickaxe and you're removing a stump. And by the 100th time through, you're kind of just taking a rake and you're getting the leaves. And then you have a beaten path. The first time, you you can't go super fast because it's like, I don't even... So we're listening to socialism. Okay, this isn't World War II. This isn't about space technology. You're kind of completely shifting your mindset. And then once you kind of get into that rhythm, you can... Sp- speed it up a little more, speed it up a little more to where you're beating down the path and you're just cementing it. And now you're, okay, this date, this president, this speech, and you smooth it through to where you know the book very well. And then you can do a good podcast.
1: But what, you know, speaking of socialism, and I'm wildly interested in it too, but part of my interest comes from a quote from Solzhenitsyn. And tell me if you're familiar with it, but there was... Yeah, for generations almost. There was the argument over socialism is wonderful, but it's just never been tried effectively. You've heard that. Yeah, Solzhenitsyn said, nope, socialism will absolutely inevitably lead to the gulags. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not letting people freely do... If, if you're forcing people to do things that they don't want to, you're going to irritate more and more people, which means you're going to have more and more opposition. And to, and to stay in power, you have to, to send force. them to the gulags.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So his his view is that everything that was wrong with this former Soviet Union was not man's greed or anything else. No, that it was 100% inherent in socialism.
0: It's the system itself, yeah. Yeah, It's it's... For me, it's, I don't know, it's like someone trying to be like, it's like an alcoholic being like, I'm just going to have one drink a weekend. And it's like, well, dude, you're not going to, you're going to get back. It's like, for me, I have to cut 99% of shit out of my life. I can have alcohol on occasion because I know myself, I have a very addictive personality. I funnel that into productive things like listening to audiobooks and putting out podcasts when it was like weed or when it was like anxiety medication or if it's alcohol or it's whatever it's not you know i learned to eventually look at it and go oh it's not that oh i just didn't do it right this time it's no it's something there's something inherently wrong with this system for me at least that i just can't be doing that every weekend because it turns into abuse yeah i think it's a system i think it's it's a system And humanity at its core is going to have power that is going to do anything to extend its power for the sake of power and it's going to have to subjugate people and when the carrot doesn't work, you got to use a bigger and bigger stick and then it eventually burns out, burns all the fuel because everyone's dead from either engineered starvation or work camps. It's how it always goes, every continent, every decade. It's not biased to one type of person or a different age or a different language or whatever. It's the same. It's an advancement of power for the sake of power. Yeah, I don't think it's something that, oh, they just didn't do it right that time. Well, well, well then it, it doesn't work. It doesn't. And
1: I find it fascinating that people forget that uh, the fascists, the Nazis, were uh, you know, national socialism. Yeah. Uh, are, they, are they giving Hitler a pass with his socialism?
0: You know, I've I've tried to think about it a lot. How does it keep arising? It sounds good. It no, it sounds well, I think it's I think it was Solzhenitsyn that also said it's a mirage in the desert, it will always appear. It'll always be there shimmering. So it's not that we're going to get rid of it by getting rid of people's freedom to entertain ideas of socialism is the very thing we're fighting against. You're supposed right? to be free, including right. if you'd like to dabble in ideas of socialism. That's your freedom. That is the very essence of Western democracy, is we're not going to force you to play Western democracy. And yet, how, how Unfortunately, the it, lesson is taught in blood. And it's, I don't...
1: It seems to me odd that so many educated people don't know the history
0: of it. How many educated people have gotten hooked on painkillers? It's yes. a, It comes to you in a time of need. It's there. It's a quick out. I don't know. You know, how does Hitler come to power? Well, hyperinflation, the Wehrmacht uh, embarrassed by the Treaty of Versailles. They've lost everything. They can't hold a. They can't hold their own army. And then this charismatic guy comes in and says, "German people, unite!"
1: And yeah, this is a topic. I mean, you've probably read more about it than I have, but nevertheless, it fascinates me without end. That every yep, you know, Germany was once one of the most civilized nations in the face of the earth yeah. some of the greatest thinkers some yeah. of the greatest doctors some of the greatest musicians i mean they were the cultural hub of the world and yet in a matter of like a decade all the institutions that should have perfect uh, protected it failed and i'm going to give us an example the universities there were university professors heidegger comes to mind who told his his students you must vote for hitler or, or the, the newspapers, the certainly the politicians, too often even the religious leaders caved. Just And, you know, partly they caved because maybe some of them thought, oh, I'm going to do better under this system. And then some of them caved because they thought, oh, I'll never get a job
0: or I'll be fired. Yeah, I mean, Dr. There seems
1: It doesn't it seem a little bit like what's going on now.
0: No, 100%. No, it's 100% happening in the United States. I mean, yeah, Dr. Theodore Morell, who learned early on that he would be advanced if he just joined the Nazi party. But there are lesser known people that, that indirectly bring down that socialist power. So think of two prominent people who fled Nazi Germany. Einstein. Albert Einstein and Leo Szilard. And Leo Szilard, a physicist, who became friends with who, Albert Einstein and Edward Teller, and wrote a letter to who, FDR, about a what, a bomb based on uranium. So the smartest people, not just smart people, because a lot of smart people went along with the Nazis, the smartest, the tippy top, not only did they leave Germany and take away their brain power from them. They came to the opponent of Germany and gave them not just any old brain power, the brain power for the weaponry that would give them an undeniable edge on Germany. Was
1: was Szilard Jewish also? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And he was the one. There are writings of him going, does no one else see what's going on? And people are going, no, it's fine. And him going, I'm getting a train out of here. And he came and lived in New York. He was like, screw this. So... You don't need a hundred percent. You just need the ones smart enough to see the writing on the wall. They came over and not just saved their own asses, they gave us the nuclear bomb, which ended the war. So I don't so as much as we see institutions and smart people being corrupted now in the United States. No one no one Solard wasn't a celebrity scientist. No one knew about him. That might not be entirely true. But he wasn't this like Big. He proponent. wasn't
1: Einstein who was famous worldwide. Yeah, he wasn't
0: a celebrity. So, as whereas right now we might see a lot of, you know, celebrity scientists and professors being like, socialism in America is the right way to go. There's a Solard and an Einstein out there somewhere who are not going along with it. And they hold the brain power to maybe, instead of an A bomb, maybe it's AI. And they're like, I, at the very least, am not giving them the power to create AI because it's the end of the world as we know it. Now we're also at a unique spot because back in the 30s you could escape to America. There's nowhere to where do escape. we go now? There's where, nowhere to escape from America. But that doesn't mean hope is lost, because at the very least, even if Leo Szilard and Einstein left Germany and came to the United States, let me, let's say they didn't come to the United States. Let's say <laughs> instead let's say instead they went to Mexico. Whatever. Mexico, not necessarily a shining beacon on the hill but germany is still deprived from now their ability to create or not greatly hindered their ability to create an atomic bomb so you can take the evil from them maybe there isn't in america that you can go give this to them but at the very least you cannot give it to them so maybe there are some scientists somewhere in the united states deep in the defense complex and they're looking around and they're seeing yesterday i think that commander of from space force uh
1: I saw it yeah. and and his book is number 1 on Amazon right yeah, now. Yeah,
0: Irresistible Revolution, right? And it's I forget it's, it's his name it, uh Le Le I wrote it down. I I already emailed him. I want to try to get him on the I have no idea if he'll Oh my gosh. I have I mean, got to remember. 99% of people don't respond to uh, my requests, but I wrote down his name. I emailed him yesterday. Let me pull it up real quick. Matthew Longmire, L-O-G-M-E-I-E-R, Space Force Commander, demoted for saying that Marxists are infiltrating the U.S. military, and what did they do to make it seem like that is exactly what's happening? They demoted him for saying that, censoring of speech, you know, which is exactly what Marxists do, so they just proved his point. I think you have individuals like that and probably an untold unnamed number of more who maybe there's not in america for them to flee to but at the very least they're like i'm not helping a socialist thing come to power
1: you had a quote that i've I've heard you use several times i don't know if i don't know if you remember it or not but it's you can tell who who the power over you is by who you're afraid to
0: criticize voltaire find out to find who rules over you simply find who you can't criticize Well, if you criticize Marxists and you're kicked out of the military, if you post a video about election fraud, or if you post a video questioning the origins of COVID and you get sliced off.
1: That's there's as Sherlock Holmes would say, that's a clue.
0: Yeah, I'd say something's up. Something's a a little fishy. So I don't know. But, um, you know, I I think socialism is... You know, something like drug addiction—it happens on a on a short enough scale. Relatively, it can happen over decades, to where someone can learn from it. You can see someone get addicted, and maybe their child grows up and goes, "I don't want to be like my dad, addicted to not my and for all purposes not my father, but as an analogy, oh, I don't want to grow up like my deadbeat junky dad." Socialism and things like communism are unique in that these lessons are often learned over a century yeah. which outdoes the then, human lifespan so it's and
1: on top of that uh, i mean i remember a book that i read with horror is called the black list of socialism but it talked about how 100 million people died under under communism. Mm-hmm. no it's the, the black book of communism yeah and it, it just lists all these
0: yeah, in the twentieth century. You know, over I,
1: if one person dies, it's terrible. Hundred million? 100
0: million? Yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. Don't don't forget, Hitler killed twelve million in the Holocaust. One tenth of the number of people that have died under communism in the twentieth century. One tenth. Hitler. And bad. the other
1: thing is that the communists have such zeal for destroying artifacts because yeah, about well about history yeah I'm thinking maybe eleven years ago, I had the huge privilege of visiting the oldest graveyard in the world, and that's the Confucius graveyard in China. And it has some of the most beautiful art or had some of those beautiful artifacts in the world, because I, I don't know how many it could it be a couple of thousand years old more. I mean, Confucius was yeah. somewhere around the time of Christ, so we're talking yeah. a couple of thousand years minimum. Yeah. But uh, you know, for generation after generation, when somebody dies, you memorialize him with beautiful statues and works of art, and yeah, you know, that would be enduring. The Red Guards, wanting to destroy the old, just went through, and I'm, there are thousands and thousands of graves. Yeah, statues, just beautiful things, smashed, desecrated. Yeah, no love for history. It's got to start over.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, communist revolutions always begin with resetting the calendar to year zero. You got to get rid of the past, right? If I'm a drug dealer and all of your friends have died from overdoses, the first thing I got to do is get rid of all the photos and Facebook posts about them because that's not good for business. So but you have to think about the inverse is it always seems like socialism somehow creeps back in. How does it always creep back in? We've stomped it out a thousand times and it always somehow creeps back in. Well, let's let's flip it. Let's pretend we are the socialists. How is it that liberty just keeps back keeps creeping back in? They always seem to squash us whenever we arise. Just like socialism arises because it's a kind of a century-long thing where maybe not everyone alive has a memory of it I think it's at our base. It's our interior core as humans to want freedom So that wherever socialism will rise that whenever a new disease rises naturally something in the biosphere develops an immunity to it so when socialism arises somewhere Something will pop up to fight it. Maybe it's not the United States. It might not be the United States. They might eventually take it over. As sure as I am that the sun will rise tomorrow, somewhere, someone, a pocket will arise of people fighting for liberty. And it might take a century to build a new country. It might take a millennia. There might be a new United States somewhere in wherever. And eventually they will come to power. And they will rise and they will dominate and they will be the shining beacon on the hill, and it will last for a couple hundred years. And then eventually they'll get infiltrated by communists and socialists. And they'll be like, guys, don't don't forget the lessons of America. Look what can happen. And it will fall. And then somewhere else it will arise. Round and round and round. And I think it goes forever. I think I think freedom arises. Socialism creeps in and attacks it, constricts it and kills it. And then freedom arises again. And to me, it's just like a weird cycle of where you have to zoom out and go. So, what's actually going on, right? The piston goes up. By the, the way, um, goes I am down. looking
1: at the clock. And yeah, yeah, I, yeah.
0: We'll wrap it up. Sorry.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, I've I've loved it, and thank you for being my board of directors. Absolutely. If anybody's listening and has ideas on gaming and making people the hero of a human trafficking story, or any other part that, we're, we're, that is close to gaming, let me know.
0: So, real quick to finish it up. So, where does it all go? I think what we're going to see is we're going to see an actual just like the pilgrims coming over on their boats fleeing fleeing europe for freedom come to the united states there's no proof they're going to survive the trip they're on these wooden ships going over the ocean and once they get here they have no idea if they're going to be able to cultivate the land and survive but at the end of the day it was worth it because they would rather be they would rather be dead than not be free and they formed this place so what is the parallel now I think you're going to see if all else fails you're going to see people leave the planet they're going to go on a trip that they're not guaranteed to survive a rocket ship just like the mayflower they don't know if they're going to be able to cultivate the land when they get there mars but they would rather die trying than live under a communist dictatorship where they can't be free so i think we're just going to see like pilgrims 2.0
1: beautiful and i want to end with a quote from pericles 2300 okay. years ago okay but he said the secret to happiness is freedom and the secret to freedom is courage
0: that's brilliant
1: is that not a goodie
0: that's brilliant you gotta you, yeah gotta get on the ship and go across the ocean you might die the secret is courage you got to remember, they didn't no, – none of them lived to see the United States become what it is. They had no idea that was – they all died still just having college. I'm,
1: I'm going to be in trouble. Okay, I know, I know, I know. I got to get it. this up. I've loved it and, and da, 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 da. I love being dressed so beautifully. Oh.
0: Grab the merch, guys. Support the podcast so that we can – And remember, Mitzi tends to be violent to people who don't buy the Violent merch. revolutionaries – if you think communist revolutionaries are bad, wait till you, you see us. Nothing. You, you ain't seen, seen nothing. You haven't seen Mitzi Let Loose. Ah, buy the merch or we will make Shea Guevara look like a hippie.
1: Exactly. Okay, till Missy next time. time. Thank you for having me on. I
0: love you so much. Thank you for being on. And I'll send you the oh, video when it's well, up.
1: Well, I absolutely adore you. Oh, and it. I adore your podcast. Oh, stop
0: it. All right, Mitzi. Till next you. time. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you.
1: Bye. Bye-bye.